A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I don't want to have to work all my life. I like the idea of passive income and, and being able to have people pay me to live in my property so that I don't have to go and do a job that I don't necessarily want to work for. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue our conversation with ex-heavy metal drummer and property investor Rodney Holder. After purchasing in Canberra, Holder had entered a number of joint ventures and grown his portfolio. Keep listening to learn more about his investment strategies, resources and the best advice he wished he knew starting out. Thinking back to our last conversation with Holder, he had bought his first property in Canberra in 2000. He shares with us what happened next and how many other properties he decided to invest in. I probably purchased about maybe nine um, since then but I have sold some. So, I'll give you a quick rundown what I did. I, um, When I knew I was going to leave my, my nice cushy corporate high-paying job in Canberra, I thought to myself, I guess it shows I'm a bit of a risk taker. I said, well, I'm going to get another loan to buy a house in Brisbane or a property in Brisbane because I know I'm not going to have a chance to get that if I don't have the job behind me. So um, I I was looking at properties and um, I found one in the suburb of Hawthorne, which is a really nice suburb in Brisbane. And um, I didn't the, I guess I didn't have the guts to do it by myself. So I convinced one of my mates. I said, I'm going to move to Brisbane. I'm going to buy this unit. Do you want to go halves with me? And my thinking was, was well, you know, I'll have someone to share all of the expenses with. And if it, if it all turns pear I feel, you know, he'll be able to help me with the, uh, with, uh, the bills. And so he said, yeah, okay. And he had a nice job as well. So, yeah, we went halves in a, in a unit in Hawthorne. And um, I lived in that for about a year before I moved out and turned that into an investment property. And then the, me and the same mate, we bought a, uh, we bought 20 acres up at Tin Can Bay, just a big block of land. We had no idea what we were doing, by the way, in terms of strategy. We were just, we were just. I knew I loved property, and I thought, oh, I might want to live on this uh, big block of land one day. So we went halves on this big block of land. Uh-huh. And um, after a while, he came back to me and he said, oh, I want to buy you out of both the unit and the block of land. And by this stage, both the block of land and the unit had gone up in value quite significantly because there'd been a, a property boom in Brisbane. Holder ended up selling his share by properties to his friend and used the money to fund his next purchases. I was able to make uh, a good amount of money by selling my, my share to him of both the land and the, uh, the unit and then that enabled me then to go and buy more property. So, uh, I bought another house in Manly in Brisbane, which is... Uh, where I still live today and I, uh, I stuck a granny flat in the back of that which gives me uh, another great income and then uh, I bought another house with another buddy in Manly and then I bought another house with another buddy in Lota 
And then um, my my partner, she bought a unit in Redcliffe. So that was kind of, I think, I think I don't think I've left any out, but that was kind of the story. So we were able to kind of just on this, and again, by the way, I didn't have a great job at this stage. I was still touring and and I was able to do this um, just with, with my part-time jobs, but because I had I built up the equity and uh, I was... I was determined to, uh, to to buy more property because to me I thought it was going to be you know the key to my um, my retirement I guess is what I was thinking. He continued to invest with friends as his lifestyle made it difficult to receive a loan on his own, and this way also gave him peace of mind for future expenses. What I found was that um, when I when I first sold the the, the property in, in Hawthorne and the block of land, and I was then cashed up, that I was able to then buy a, uh, a house by myself. But then when I went back to the bank and tried to get some more money to buy more property, uh, it was a serviceability issue because I wasn't earning enough money and I had so much debt. And so uh, it was a way of getting around that. So I was um, I was living with my a good mate of mine, and, and he had a job, and I said, well. Let's see if we can do this together. And I think also second to second to just not just the serviceability, but it was also the security of uh, having my good mate there. And you know, so when the when the rates came in, for instance, uh, if it had been a tight month, you didn't have to sort of wear that whole um, expense yourself. You're going halves in the rates. You're going halves in the insurance. You're going halves in the uh, in all of the bills. And we were purchasing properties that were uh, dual living, so it was very comfortable for initially us to live in and do a little bit of a renovation. Uh, generally in Queensland, you know, I'd be living upstairs, he'd be living downstairs. Um, and then, um, yeah, that, that's the reason, Tyrone. It was it was not having the confidence necessarily to do it all myself or not having the serviceability. Yeah, it's really interesting that you said that and, and that's why I sort of delved into a little bit more to understand how that process works. So, uh, overall, it was basically trying to help your servicing and also because you had the deposit to get the actual deal through the, um, I guess, through the bank to be able to continue to purchase more properties. So, it helped you sort of leverage and leapfrog and so forth like that. But did you also think about as well because i've heard a lot of stories as well where people do joint ventures and sometimes they haven't worked out the best they have but how did you ensure that the buddies that you did because you've had more than three or four of these properties that you've done deals with to make sure that things go smoothly because did you have anything sort of legally in place or was it just a handshake like how did you make sure that things grew the way they were because it is almost committing to like you know a marriage for each one of these properties (laughs) i know it's 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 crazy isn't it uh, look, the answer is that I'm very lucky to have uh, very good good mates. And um, the first guy that I invested with, um, we we were pretty tight, as in we had a good friendship. So, no, to answer your question, there was no, there's nothing legal drawn up. There was just a handshake deal. A lot of people said I was crazy. And, you know, you hear all the horror stories of JVs going wrong. But um, I think I just invested with with buddies that I I trusted. Uh, you know, I really trusted. They were they were like my brothers. And I, and again, I know that can still go wrong, but I guess I'm a bit of a risk taker. And I thought to myself, well, what's the worst that can happen if this if this relationship turns to absolute crap? Then you know, we'll sell the property and uh, um, we'll go our separate ways. But again, luckily for me. Uh, the first guy I bought two properties with, we we parted ways when he, he bought me out and I was happy with the amount of money that I got, which enabled me to go and invest more. And um, my other buddy who I went to high school with, we're still investing together now and we still have properties together and it's worked a treat. It's, it's, just, it's just good and we're looking to actually uh, our future investments 
between my buddy, myself, and my partner. So there's actually three of us. So we're like a, uh, a threesome going on the loan going for the uh, – and, and, again, it gives us more serviceability, and we're able to pull out the, uh, the deposits from the properties that we have. So structurally, you'd be just putting your personal names down on the properties. Is that how it all works? Yeah, tenants in common 50-50 is what they have been, yep. And have you ever thought about structuring it slightly differently? Now I'm going sort of into more details, but uh, have you ever thought about structuring different like um, asset classes, e.g. company trusts and stuff like that? Or Yeah, I've, I've had people talk to me about it and um, the last advice I've got was to just continue because, because uh, we're all still working, we're all still paying tax, um, we don't have high-risk jobs um, where, you know, there's a there's a low chance of being sued, um, yeah. So we're just we're just doing it in our own names. In the future, properties, then perhaps we'll look at doing something in a trust or a company structure. But uh, as for now, no, it's it's uh, just in our name. As we can see, Holder's typical investment strategy is joint ventures and buy and hold approaches. Obviously, you know, I read a few books. Um, and I went to a few courses and I worked for a few people that were property strategists and I figured, you know what, um, buy and hold was something that I really was attracted to when I had to sell my unit to my buddy. I, I was really regretting having to do that but he really wanted to do it. He was really saying, I really, really, really want you to, you know, to buy you out. So I thought, well, when I get that money, I've got to make sure I replace this property with another property. But yeah, to answer your question, Tyrone, the strategy for me has been buy and hold because I just know that when you sell a property, um, you, you're basically selling all of your future capital growth with that. So, and um, I learned from a couple of guys that I worked for up here that you know they 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 sort of mentored me on the fact that you know they were so. They hate going past properties they sold, you know, 10, 15 years ago and, and thinking they were pretty smart making that capital that capital gain back then. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, don't want, I don't want to do that. I want to try and keep on to everything I can. Like, like when you're playing Monopoly, Tyrone, you, want, you, don't want to, you don't want to sell anything. You want to buy it and keep it. That's right. Yeah. Build Ho- upon it, yeah. Yeah, hopefully build a hotel on top of that instead of just the one house. <laughs> having said that, having said that, I, I have recently been uh, – thinking about selling one or two properties but only to leverage into more blue chip style properties. So I'm not saying I'm against it but uh, up until now, yes, it's certainly been a buy and hold. However, he still makes sure to add value himself through renovations or development. Pretty much every house I've bought has been a house that I was somehow able to add value to through renovations and uh, and development, absolutely. So, uh, And again, up here in Queensland, it's there's a lot of homes that are uh, – you know, upstairs, downstairs kind of thing where you can, you know, you can build in underneath and you can add a, another couple of bedrooms and another living area and another bathroom and make that dual living. And so I've always been attracted to the dual living, not only because I'm investing with my buddy, but most of the houses that I've bought, I've also lived in. So we were kind of renovating it as we lived there before we moved on to the next one. So we weren't getting in each other's way because we had, you know, those separate living spaces. And then when we go to rent them out, um, they attract a higher rental as well. Living in his investment properties while renovating and before renting them out has given Holder a unique perspective to be able to add value in various ways. And like I said, we, we would purchase these properties thinking, okay, well, what could we do here? If we, uh, if we put a wall across there, we could build a kitchenette down there and you could live there and you know, we could turn 
you know, uh, this big space and we could add another bedroom into that. That's been another really good strategy doing that on a couple. So you turn a, you know, a three bedroom house into a four bedroom house, um, which, uh, actually in my experience, it pushes the value up higher, gives you a higher valuation. So pretty much the strategy has been buy, renovate it, um, come give it a few months or so, revalue it, draw the equity out and then go again to purchase another one and you've been doing that in conjunction with some really close buddies who have you trust in and you know have lived with as well and that's how you've been building out your portfolio up to, well, you said you had nine. How many do you have currently now at the, at the moment? So I've got six now, six, yeah. And those six, would I be able to sort of ask, you know, what's it worth at the moment and also what kind of income are you generating out of it? Yeah, so it's a good question. Uh, it's just looking at it at the moment, it's probably worth uh, probably just shy of three mil. And in terms of the income, they're all uh, either neutral, neutral or positive cash flow now, so... Like many, Holder is using his property investments to plan for his retirement. I'm kind of relying on it, I suppose. I mean, I've, I, I do have some super. It's not anything to uh, sort of, you know, celebrate or anything. But um, I do think that property, uh, at where I am now, I don't think I'll ever be sort of multi, multi-millionaire rich or anything, but I'll, I think I'll always be comfortable. I think that um, the properties I've got have have uh, got a long way to go in terms of the locations that they're in. They're good sort of family, working class, middle class suburbs. Um, there's always going to be a demand for the rent for them. Um, you know, I was watch, reading an article yesterday about Australia's population growth and it continues to boom and the demand for property for the future. I can't see it going backwards. So, yeah, Tyrone, I, I mean, I just want to uh, keep continue going and I suppose what I really would like to do now is to because a lot of my property accumulation was sort of happening in the background while I was doing my music career. And uh, what I'd like to do now is to focus on a bit more and maybe be a bit more aggressive with the acquisitions of it and, and see what I can do. But of course, the uh, the Banking Royal Commission and the uh, the federal upcoming election has put the brakes on a bit for that. So I might have to wait and see how it all pans out. But. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you ever foresee yourself maybe going to something a little bit more... Um, slightly a little bit different from, say, buy and hold into maybe developing properties like buying the block and then seeing that there's potential to, to subdivide it and turn it into multiple you know, townhouses or, or whatever it is, like development potential. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if I, if I my problem always been, Tyrone, is that my ideas have been bigger than my, uh, my bank balance. So, uh, if I could... If I could find that deal or if I could fund that deal, I uh, I would definitely jump in and have a crack at that. And in fact, I would love to. And I, and I think one day I will. I'm sure I will. It's just a, a matter of uh, where and when. Coming up after the break, we'll delve deeper into Rodney Holder's mindset and learn why he started this investment journey. I like the idea of passive income and, and being able to have you know people pay me to live in my properties. The people who have inspired and mentored him along the way. His book about building property portfolios was uh, was really uh, interesting. As well as what the future holds for him. I'm excited about learning more uh, because that's something that I'm, I'm really going through now. I'm really immersing myself in everything I can. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Chum and you're listening to Property Investory. As we mentioned before, Holder got into property investment with the benefits of lifestyle and retirement in mind. 
He explains the why behind his decision to invest. The fact that I'm really lazy and I don't want to have to work all my life. <laughs> and um, I like the idea of passive income and, and being able to have you know, people pay me to live in my property so that I don't have to go and do a job that I don't necessarily want to work for. You know, So I've got the choice that if I want to go and work, I can. But if I uh, at, at some stage decide that you know what, I want to take today off and just uh, do whatever I want to do. That's that's the dream. So I guess that's been my why for, for doing this and, and and being motivated by seeing the gains that I've already been able to achieve with my existing portfolio. That's great. And and to be honest, I think you're, you're already living part of that dream as well too. I mean, you get to, you know, at this point in time, um, enjoy time with the kids, you know, take them to school and, and research more on property. So, I think you're, you're nearly there, you know, that's the thing. You're, you're working on towards that, which is great. Yeah, it is. And I really love it, Tyrone. I love, I love everything to do with property. I love, you know, I love painting. If it's, I would hate to paint someone else's house, but when you're painting your own house, you know, like... Uh, that's the smell of money, isn't it? You know, it's the um, tidying up, and and I like you know getting in and destroying an old kitchen and the the, the whole physical bit, like playing the drums, really. You know, ripping it apart and then uh, building a new kitchen and and then seeing how good it looks. And yeah, I just really like you know I love being in the garden, doing the landscaping. I like taking you know something that um, is 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 an ugly duckling and turning it into something that is uh, much, much nicer and, and attracts a much higher rent and gives you a better capital growth. Having bought his first property at almost 30, Holder describes what he thinks held him back from purchasing any earlier. It was probably just my immaturity. Uh, I, as a young guy playing the drums in a heavy metal band, I just never even thought about buying a house because I always thought that was something that grown-up people did, you know. And... Um, I wish I had have had a different mindset because I would have loved to have uh, to have, have bought property earlier than I did. You know, the, the cliche that everyone wishes they'd bought more property or property sooner. But I also know that, you know, uh, I spent my, my entire 20s um, doing exactly what I wanted to do and I had no restraints, no, uh, no financial tie down, no nothing. I, I did exactly what I wanted to do. So the time was right. As he approached 30 years of age, something changed in his mindset that allowed him to start this journey. I think as my 30th birthday approached, I, um, I just had this little voice in the head going, okay, well, 30 is like you're not really a kid anymore. You're still young, but you're not a kid. And so that's where I just had like an instinctive little voice saying, it's probably time to start collecting assets. I didn't understand shares and I knew I, I wanted to live in a house. And then by live buying and living in that house and then that actually growing my wealth so quickly through luck and, and buying at the right time and the right property, I thought, yeah, this is, this is the journey for me, you know, along with, you know, reading books by Jan Summers and, and all that kind of thing. It just, it just attracted me very much. It still does. I still really love it. On the topic of books, Holder shares other books and resources that helped him along the way. I've read that I've really liked um, and I go back and read them. But yeah, Jan Summers was the person that started me on my journey, no doubt. Um, I'm reading again right now a really old book about real estate mistakes by Neil Genman. Um, and he's an interesting character with his, his whole Genman system. I don't know if you know the Genman system of real estate. But uh, no, that's a good book. I'm enjoying that. Peter Spann. Remember Peter Spann? Yeah, yeah, I remember Peter Spann. Yeah, I went to a uh, I went to a property seminar and, and spoke to Peter Spann, and he was he really inspired me. I know that I, I'm not sure what happened to his empire. I don't think it's what it was, but certainly 
his uh, his um, his book about building property portfolios was uh, was really uh, interesting. Um, more recently, listening to your podcast, I got onto uh, John L. Fitzgerald. I loved his book, so I've listened to that, um, and that was a direct result of listening to him on Property Investor. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you, you're, you, the guests that you have, Tyrone, they inspire me. I listen to your podcast like all the time, all the time. I love it. And so, uh, it's quite surreal that you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, and I love sharing stories like yours because it is the everyday investor and, and there's no you know, perfect or, or great there. I think it's just a matter of inspiring everyone to learn from each other whether or not we've got a multi-billion dollar portfolio to you know, us who are just in a building a portfolio that we want to use for retirement for future you know for our kids and so forth so i think that's that's the beauty about this podcast is that we can share all our knowledge and come together as a community and help each other out as well too no absolutely mate i can i can genuinely say i've i've been inspired by your podcast and uh and i've certainly learned stuff and had things to you know to think about as a direct result of listening to the uh the great guests you've had on the show Holder reflects on the best advice he's ever received, despite the fact it wasn't given to him directly. That's a great question, and um, you know, I didn't even receive it. I'll tell you a story. When I when I first bought my first property in Canberra, and I was thinking about moving to Brisbane, I did actually think about um, selling that property and taking the money and, and moving up to Brisbane with a big pile of cash in my pocket. And um, I was in Melbourne. I think I might have been touring. And I was sitting at a fancy restaurant and next to me, there was a businessman and I'd have, I had no idea who this businessman was, but he was talking to a woman about um, property and I just started eavesdropping and listening to this guy and he was giving her advice. And he, I don't know who he was, but he was, he was coming down with a very authoritarian voice and giving this woman all this advice. And I heard him tell her, never, ever sell your property you know, always keep the property, don't sell it, refinance it and use that to leverage into other property. And I, I saw that as like a sign from the universe and I thought, right, that's 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 what I'm going to do because I had actually people saying, yeah, just sell your property, take the money, you've made all this profit. And um, it certainly, it certainly um, served me very well. So I would say the best advice I've ever heard <laughs> was, uh, was not to sell. But, and I know people listening to this will say, well, you know, sometimes you've got to sell and and, and, and like I told you, I, I would consider selling, but I would only consider selling if I knew it was going to leverage me up into a, an even better property. So Yeah, that's so true and that's great advice. I mean, I totally resonate with that because, you know, as, as you, you, no one knows what kind of capital growth you're going to have, but if you hold on to the property long enough for the rest of the generations, it will be able to pass that on and that's, that's the beauty of property investing as well. That's right and, and properties are so hard to get, at least they have been for me, you know, you have to sort of struggle to get them and so uh when they're when they've got your name all over them and they're yours uh, like you said um uh, no one knows for sure but i would wager that you know when my son he's five now when he's 25 my portfolio is going to be worth a lot more than it is today he believes a personal habit that has contributed to his success include his attitude yeah that one's easy that's tenacity I'm like a pit bull with a bone when I set my mind to something and um, you've just got to convince yourself through good times, bad times, hard times that, you know, if this is really what you want, then you just absolutely have to go for it. And uh, I think that learnt, I learned that, you know, doing the band with everyone saying, oh, you're a dreamer and that's never going to happen. And then, you know, I heard people say the same things when I went to buy my second, third, fourth, fifth property. So tenacity is the one for me. 
If Holder was able to meet himself 10 years ago, he'd have this to say. 10 years ago, um, I probably would have... It's, it's nothing very insightful other than I probably would say in regard to what we're talking about, get off your butt and buy some more property and, uh, and uh, be probably a little bit more aggressive with it. In the next five years, he looks forward to learning more about the industry and growing his portfolio. I'm excited about learning more uh, because that's something that I'm, I'm really going through now. I'm really immersing myself in everything I can, podcasts, YouTube channels, books, online courses, mentors, uh, meetup groups. Um, I'm just looking forward to buying more, more quality property, uh, perhaps uh, some more cash flow property. Most of my properties when I purchased them were initially negatively geared and um, yeah, just just uh, doing it at a safe pace so that I don't sort of, you know, I don't want to lose everything. That would be really, really bad. But but at the same time, pushing myself out of my comfort zone to some degrees to uh, continue just trying to, you know, slowly but surely build the empire. In regards to luck versus skill as playing the biggest part in his success, again, Holder believes in attitude above all else. Look, I'm the first to admit I'm not very skillful and I'm not very necessarily uh, business savvy or, or property savvy smart or anything like that. But look, I've, I've, I've educated myself to, to a, a point where I, I know where my sort of compass is, where I need to head towards and that backed with hard work and like I said to you before, tenacity, I think has been what has enabled me to have such good luck. Um, you know, I really do think that luck is merely opportunity meeting preparedness and, uh, you know, by, by working hard and, and, and working at what you actually have to do to take that next step and working towards that and setting those goals, um, hopefully, eventually, uh, something will come around that uh, is going to pick you up and take you to that next level. And uh, it's what's always happened for me, like in my music and also in my property, so I don't see why that would change in the future. If you're interested in reaching out to Rodney Holder, here's the best way to do so. At this stage, it's probably um, probably the best to go and check out my website, which is musicbusinessfacts.com. Uh, like you, Tyrone, I've done a hell of a lot of interviews with some very successful musicians. I'm not really doing that podcast anymore. Uh, as, I, as I said to you, I'm sort of trying to move more into the property space, but uh, anyone can email me, rodney at musicbusinessfacts.com. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear from people. So come say good day. Thank you so much to Rodney Holder for joining us on this episode of Property Invest Story. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.